I think I'm having an overdose and so is my wife. Overdose of what? Marijuana. I think we're dying. Okay, how much did you guys have? Uh, I, I don't know. We made brownies and I think we're dead. I really do. Time is going by really, 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 really slow. Do you guys do this on a regular basis? No, this is the first time that we've ever done it. And you've never done marijuana before? Well, yeah, I have. But you've never had this reaction to it before? Never. Let's just go on the Red Wings game. What? Let's go on the Red Wings game. I've got no clue. I don't watch the Red Wings. I always like to start the show with a joint. I don't know if you knew that. No, I do. I do. And, uh, I, I'm Cole. I guess I'm, I'm a fan. That's, uh, that's something to be aware of, too. I uh, thought the episode with Mike Shea was awesome. I thought the last uh, – and Brian, too, from um, from Grown In, those, those were great interviews, too. Um, yeah. You know, you're, uh, you're a leading part of the part of the community, man. That's what's important about it. That's why I was so eager to be a part of this. Hell, yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, just a quick plug for that last podcast. We just had Michael Malcolm on. He was talking about some of uh, – you know, some of the – fucked up things that are kind of going on in the industry right now. And, uh, you know, I just felt like it was a, we had a good opportunity to meet up and talk about some of the things you're doing, which I feel like you're setting up some protections for the folks that are within the industry. So go ahead and, uh, introduce yourself first of all, where we can find you and uh, your efforts on social media. And then let's get into what we're talking about today. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Nicholas Stankus. Uh, I currently work for the UFCW, which is the United Food and Commercial Workers in the local 881 uh, that's out of Illinois. Uh, so we, the UFCW represents uh, primarily retail workers. Um, you know, we're the commonplace. We, you'd probably see our, our buttons and, uh, and uh, placards is uh, Jules and Mariano's, but we also represent all of cannabis, both cultivation and dispensary workers. Um, and then uh, as far as like the, the site that, um, you know, I can be found on or what we represent right now is um, we're, uh, we've got our, our websites, uh, IllinoisCannabisWorkersUnited.org. Um, and then uh, I'm just at Nick Stankus on Instagram, which is really, it's more of a personal account, but it's um, simultaneously, you know, it's uh, where a lot of interactions had though, too. So it's not just cannabis on there for me. Awesome. Say that uh, website again, just for our folks real quick. Absolutely. It's uh, ilcannabisworkersunited.org. Cool. And folks, uh, if you just want to copy and paste that, uh, I've got it in the podcast description for you. So you can copy and paste it in your browser and get right to it. So Nick, why don't we just start at square one? Uh, and I know this is going to sound like a stupid question, but why do uh, why do cannabis workers need protections? Uh, well, we're, uh, you know, this industry, yeah, I've been kind of quoted saying this too and I, and I obviously sincerely believe it but you know this industry is in, in its infancy right we're um you know there's so much to kind of delineate and learn from this that we haven't figured out yet and you know I think especially being part of the can so I was I became a cannabis worker in 2019 so you know in Illinois that was previous to recreational sales so I got to see the kind of growth and change that happened from medical only to recreational sales and it was it, it was eye-opening, man. It was one of those scenarios where, you know, in, in a medical facility, it was it was one of those scenarios too where, you know, you kind of got into it thinking this is going to be a great industry to get into on the ground floor. Um, you know, we're kind of eager to see how it's going to grow and that it's not going to, you know, probably 
if there was a recession to hit, cannabis probably won't be taking a real big hit. That was right. kind of my thought process going through it. And um, so, yeah, you know, initially in medical only, it was, you know, on a busy day, it was 65 people or so. And, you know, it was very relaxed. And, um, but, you know, with that said, it wasn't, it was loose in the education process of it too. You know, there was a lot of kind of um, co-training and, you know, trading knowledge and just within, yeah. you know, my coworkers. So it was, we became pretty reliant on a lot of them to kind of learn and grow and um, kind of quickly realized that, you know, the company I was working for wasn't going to necessarily train me on the ways of the industry and, you know, what to know about cannabis. Um, and then Jan 1, 2020 hit, you know, and that, that call came, it was, uh, so that, that call that day was to be there at 4:30 a.m. and we left at 11:30 p.m. and yeah, that was that that kind of set you know set the standard pretty quick, and you know at the end of the day it wasn't initial like we hate you this is not what it's about it's about hey we got to find some structure here and you know kind of like a middle ground here you know mm-hmm. at the end of the day it was so I had actually been a union member before in a different union uh, with the American Federation of Musicians kind of got to see what that structure of a union contract looked like and work under it. Um, and then that, so that was a big, big difference. And that's what we talk a lot about too, here at the UFCW is the difference between an at-will employee, which is basically you're handed a handbook, you know, when you, when you start and your company has the ability to change that handbook whenever they please versus a union contract, which you vote on and come to terms with an agreement with your company, your coworkers. And then it's just kind of the set, you know, contract that we're going to work under for a set period of time. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, it's really kind of put, wanted to, people to understand that was, you know, what the difference is between cannabis workers now, you know, not being unionized and just kind of going every day, looking over your shoulder, you know, hoping you got a gig the next day. Yeah. And let's re- rephrase that for folks. Cause I think it's important to understand that it's the system before, which is like anything can change on a whim. Your employer can, you know, by all means pull, uh, I know this is a, a, a radical example maybe, but they can change your healthcare. They can change, you know, th- uh, your vacation time, things like that. And when you enter into a contract with a set agreed upon time period, you co- hold each other accountable. Right. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's what it is too, is, and not even changing your, uh, changing your benefits, for example, but even, you know, rules of the dispensary. To me, yeah. I think that's, that's what I really kind of gravitated initially too was, so I was, you know, obviously having started before REC, I kind of got to see those first few waves of new employees come in with REC, yeah. you know, kind of on the forefront of their mind. But then kind of realizing that they're being trained in this way that's not with the state first, not those state regulations first, but they're kind of being trained through this lens that is this company's lens. Mm-hmm. And as I, you know, kind of came to realize, was, oh, and you're telling these new employees that this is a state rule. But it isn't. It's what you submitted in your SOPs when you applied for your license. And when you tell right. your new new employees that it's a state rule, it's kind of a half truth. You know, it's saying that, oh, yeah, this is in the eyes of the state. You have to do this only here, though. So yeah, it, it, but it, so in the in the grand scheme, that is not you, you don't have the ability to grow in this industry. You know, you're just you're going to learn the ways of this place. And they say you want to go work somewhere else in cannabis. Well, you kind of have this kind of, you know, stain might be the wrong word, but this kind of, you know, um, this vision of it that is only that one way that you were taught. So that's, right. you know, I think that, that was the other thing that kind of, you know, drastically changed for me was like, that's not what the state says, you know, you know, to the time where you start reading it every day of like, no, I'm not seeing it. Where are you saying that this is what the state says? Thank you for pointing that out. Cause I, some people have noticed it in the past and I haven't been able to give an answer to it. You know, I've 
noticed that some, yeah, you go to two different, two different dispensaries and you seem to be operating under two different sets of rules, but at the same time, they're telling you it's the state's rules. And it's like, but wait a minute, I didn't go to a different state when I went to that other store. So what's going on here? You know? Exactly. And, and sometimes they're really simple and small examples, like something that frustrated me where I was going, they were, they told you, you have to put this in a bag to give it to somebody. Yep. And, you know, when I brought it up to management, I said, well, you know, I read through it that says that as long as it's in a sealed, smell proof and child proof or child resistant container, yep. which everything comes like that from the cultivator, why do I have to put it in this bag? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I said, you know, I got it out of a manager that was, you know, not aware of that. that so, oh, we told the state that we would have to do that. Yeah. Well, then why are you telling these employees that the state says they have to do that? That's not, that's inaccurate. So right. it was, you know, and like I said, it seems like a trite example, but it was, you know, and that just kind of, that was the beginning of the snowball effect. I think. No, but seriously, something small like that. I mean, it's symbolic. It's like you could on one, it, it's all about honesty. Like I would take, the thing is, is when you tell me as a consumer that that's the state law, and then I see differences in other stores, I start to wonder who's lying. Whereas if, if, and I'm not talking to you right now. Whereas if the store would have just told me like, hey, this is our store policy. You know, it's funny. Bagging is the subject that it came up on because at one store, they refused to give me the product without the bag. I'm tired of taking the fucking bag because I see the bags all over fucking town. People throw them out the fucking window. I don't do that, but I don't want to contribute to it. Right. I don't want my bag. I don't want you. It's your problem. Right. So you keep the bag and they're like, no. We have to give you a bag. It's state policy. Well, then I go to the other dispensary across town and they just hand me the fucking container. Yep. So, um, and I walk out with the container and that's the waste that I have. And I can worry about that as opposed to another piece of waste. Um, that's a whole other subject though. I always get on the can. I'm really touchy about no. waste in the cannabis, uh, you know, oh, field. Cole, Cole I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, everything yeah. from these glass jars to plastic jars, to everything like it's, it's, it's crazy. Right. I mean, we're, we're literally using, you know, a a product that creates resources that are endless at that point too. And now we're just creating more waste of that. You know, again, that's probably another conversation for another day, but I agree with you. And and even from a previous episode of yours, you know, we, where you kind of discussed like moving it in a vehicle, you know, there's some folks like have to understand what the difference between just exiting a dispensary versus moving cannabis with yeah thank you for bringing that up folks yeah you need to know the difference between there are transport laws and you can find yourself in some big trouble if you're not abiding by the vehicle transport laws so folks research that listen to our podcast we'll get we'll get back into that in the future we talk about that topic all the time but yeah thank you for bringing that up i wanted to one of the points i wanted to make uh or i wanted to have you reiterate is because people get this and I'll do the devil's advocate thing here in a little bit, but people get this opinion that like unions, it's all about like, you know, like, fuck you, you guys have been treating us bad. So we're going to fight for, it's not really about that. Like I said, it's about holding each other accountable. Not only me holding you, the company accountable, but you holding me accountable. I'm, you know, we're agreeing to this. This is a negotiation, a contract. And so, I, yeah, I wanted to make sure that was very clear that it's not only about holding the big company accountable or the company. I don't mean to say big company, um, but it's about holding yourself accountable. You know, it's an agreement. Oh, 100 percent. And I think in the, in the grand scheme, too, I, I something I like to reiterate to especially dispensary workers, I mean, because we, we speak to a lot of cultivation workers as well. But, you know, in a dispensary, you're asked a, a 
pretty intense responsibility for, you know, a, acquiring a wage that's, you know, roughly, you know, that's only a little higher than most retail at that point too. Yeah. So, you know, you're expected to, you know, hopefully get between, you know, we're seeing a lot of dispensary agents take anywhere between 12 and maybe $17 an hour. Right. And, and, that, and let's just back up for a second. You got to go through a background check and a fucking mm-hmm. fingerprint scan. Oh yeah. And you're getting I mean, paid minimum wage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not getting paid much again uh, above minimum wage. And then with that said though, too, you know, I, and I have no problem telling this. So my, I received my W2 for my working in cannabis last year. Uh, Cole, I walked with $28,000 last year from January to November working full time. Now with that said, I can tell you, I probably counted $20,000 in cash, probably over 40 times. So when you yeah. started thinking about that to yourself, you're like, wow, I've paid for myself 40 times. I'm not, Really? That's what, that's what I'm, that's what I'm working here for. And it's in, you know, in the responsibility for somebody to say, count my $20,000 efficiently and quickly. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, it, you know, it's a, it's, you know, high, high responsibility. And, you know, I think the other thing that I remind workers a lot when I speak to them too, kind of, you know, to our previous uh, part of the conversation too, it's like, you have to, a lot of this training and knowledge is acquired by yourself. You know, there yeah. isn't some sort of um, uh, you know, state run, you know, class that you can take or certification you can take that tells you how to do this really well you know i think that's the other thing that's really different too is you know it's really kind of driven on people in the community kind of building itself up too and i think that's what's most important to kind of reiterate to some folks and that we we want to maintain this you know because the employees have to kind of take the initiative to say no we want to be protective and we want to work here you know it's not and to your previous point you know it's not you know, an F you to the company you work for. It's, Hey, let's come together and agree on this set of rules that we would both want to abide by so we can both grow here. Absolutely. And, you know, um, Illinois, we've got, I, I was, I had to look it up really quick. I guess it's called the Bassett certification or, or bartender yeah. license. Yeah. For working in a bar or restaurant. Yeah. It's so I'm trying to draw the, uh, parallels. Comparison. Yeah. The mm-hmm. parallels, uh, you know, I, that's a thank you for bringing up that point. Justine's tried to bring it up in the past. She's a formal, former bud tender. And what she tries to tell people is that, you know, sometimes some people really put it on their bud tenders. They're like, you don't know anything. You don't know what the products are and everything else. And it's like, yeah, there's not a training program. It's not like you in, in, uh, receive information about the strains that come in and what uh, conditions they're best, uh, best used to treat and, etc etc there's no training program it really is training yourself you know like yeah and and at every point too i can't ask i can't tell you how many times medical patients would come in like so where do i get seeds uh well you can grow five plants i know that that's all they've told me you know it's and it's that sort of thing where you know you can that there's no sort of insight from the state or insight from any company to say oh we're gonna make seeds available or yeah. what, what other portion of this, because it is so vast, you know, this is yeah. not just, it's not, it's just not about, it's not about rec sales. It's not about med sales. It's about how do you do this whole thing and include everybody simultaneously. Yeah. And that's a, another great thing to bring up, you know, like, like you say, while dispensaries are allowed to sell seeds, they're not required. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not seeing any advertisements for seeds uh, at all. Are you? It's that's the other thing. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, and, and what, and to, in my opinion, what a missed opportunity, you know, to, to really kind of educate and to your consumer and to say, Hey, this is how we grow X or Y or Z. And this is what was, what, you know, it's contained in it. Um, you know, it's very limited information out there too, unless you really seek it out. Um, so, you know, the knowledge that they have to share is, you know, it's worth its weight in gold because 
they took the time to find it out, make sure it's accurate as opposed to just, I don't know, Glenn over here said sativa is good for that. You know, that's, you know, that doesn't help anybody. So it's, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, so like I said, it's, and it, the other portion of it too is, is it's not just about, you know, the training and, and it's even beyond that too. It's, you know, uh, when I was a part of the dispensary that I worked at that, that organized and unionized, we were, um, we were concerned about our safety and our health too. You know, it's, yeah. And, and even beyond ourselves, you know, for the patients we're, we're taking in, it's like, okay, you know, now it's, this isn't safer. It's just the 700 people are coming in single file as opposed to standing in a, in a big group. You know, it's, we didn't see any slowing of the numbers or people not coming in. It was just as many people coming in during COVID. They're just coming in with a mask on slowly. Well, let's be honest with the COVID thing. You know, it, it was interesting that the, the curbside came about because of COVID, but let's be honest, Nick, you know this, a lot of your patients were immunocompromised before COVID and they're going to be immunocompromised after COVID. So, um, you know, that doesn't go away by any means. And uh, it's interesting that it seems to just be a temporary measure. And it's something that like dispensaries have to fight for. We've had Daniel Corral on in the past, who's helped with union, union unionization uh, efforts with 3C Naperville and they had to fight hand tooth and nail for a fucking uh, and I don't know that they I think at the very end maybe their company conceded and they got it but they it was hard to get curbside pickup you know and that's a protection not only for you guys as staff but for the, the patient or the customer and and don't get me wrong I, I guess it's you know it depends on the location I think that's what's kind of unique about that you know and yeah um, you know, if you're on a, a busy city street, you know, it might not be available, but at the same time, sure. we're, we're seeing, there aren't more medical locations opening and it's all more rec that's coming about too. So, you know, as, um, as you know, the medical facilities kind of change too, it's like, I, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of in the grand scheme. It's like, we can plan for this. You know, it's like when you submit for your license, you submit your floor plan, you submit all these plans. It's like, so why wasn't curbside involved in this too? So, and, you know, maybe it's just lack of foresight, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it didn't see, it, again, it didn't seem like their, their concern was the health and safety of medical and, and their employees in that process. Yeah. So before I play devil's advocate, um, why don't, why don't you just tell me about like the current state of things, if you could, where, where are your, what are we working for right now? What's going on? Yeah, we're, uh, well, we've got a couple campaigns going on right now. Um, uh, down in uh, down in Springfield, the there's a, a dis, dispensary, the Ascend Dispensary in Springfield, is in the middle of their campaign. Um, they're uh, looking to unionize as well, as well as uh, the Windy Street, Windy City Cannabis Club that's on Weed Street in Chicago okay. as well. So, um, that's all so yeah, we, it's on Weed Street. Woo! Yeah. I thought I heard you right. <laughs> cool. So it's a uh, yeah, and and it's uh you know, and everybody kind of deals with something similar. Uh, you know kind of the scare tactics that kind of are involved in their actual, you know, federal rights to organizing and unionize if they, if they so choose. Um, I've got, I've got a question on that in a bit. Uh, I'm going to thumb it though. Keep going. For sure. The, uh, so, you know, we're, we're kind of always trying to get the message out there of this, of what the process is. I think, you know, as, as employees may not be aware of is that it's not something um, that's offered to you. You know, you kind of have to seek it out and kind of start that movement or, or discussion with a lot of your coworkers that, you know, frankly, isn't that easy. Um, and, you know, it's a little, it's, people get a little weirded out sometimes trying to have that conversation in a workplace, which, you know, you can, while you're an at-will employee, you can 
technically get fired for. Well, um, I just wanted to say that to be clear, folks, you know, if you, you're thinking, I don't mean to cut off your thought, but to, you know, just be careful, be careful and strategic um, play, keep your cards close to your chest. Cause I just brought up Daniel Corral. He was hired for uh, arguably, I mean, allegedly, however you want to say it, for these efforts. Yeah. And it's, it, it, you have to be wise in how you do it. Uh, we, we do try, try and uh, discuss with everybody that the process, you know, you're within your rights to organize. Right. But with that said though, too, it's important to know that you can't do it on company property and you can't do it on company time. Um, and now, and now another uh, scenario that actually was the inverse of what you, I think you're describing too, is we had an employee who participated uh, in an interview that was, uh, that was on his uh, local news uh, off cam- uh, off the clock and, uh, off company property and he was suspended. Uh, so we filed a petition to, um, or, uh, with the national labor board and got his suspension reversed. Um, we got him back to work in about 18 hours, uh, um, an apology from his company and back pay for the day that he missed. So, you know, we, we still work for employees when they're not unionized, but in the process still too. Yeah. Um, but again, too, we try and share the message of this is how you do this properly. Um, and you know, with, with the employee's best interest in mind throughout the whole process. Gotcha. Um, so what do you want to pin? Well, I, I didn't know if I wanted to segue to that just yet because I wanted to continue to talk about, you know, maybe some of your current efforts. Cause I've seen headlines, you know, that, that different people are considering and stuff. So the movement's going well. I mean, it's, it's a process like anything else, you know, and, with a new industry, that's why we're, we're seeing a little bit slower of a, of a process, you know, it, it, when, when it came to retail or a grocery store or something along those lines, you know. Not even just it, a new industry, but a small industry too, right? Do you think that Truly. Out? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw that leaflet report, but, you know, total for the state of Illinois, we're only talking about 16,000 workers total in cannabis. Wow. Now, now with that said, 8,000 were added in 2020 alone. Yeah. You know, so you're seeing that workforce double in a year, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, but at the same time, still, there's a lot to play out in this whole process, you know, especially for Illinois compared to other states, too. Um, you know, when we're kind of compare the numbers to, the, let's say, Colorado, for example, they, you know, eclipsed us in as far as sales go with close to $3 billion, I think. But you're talking about, you know, over 500 dispensaries in the state of Colorado versus 81 here. And we came up with $1.3 billion. That's not bad. You know, yeah. but simultaneously too, you know, um, you know, the pricing's kind of odd, you know. We're- I was about to say the pricing, you cannot forget, and I always look at those numbers, you cannot forget how pricing plays into that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, nevertheless, it's a, it's a good number. And, you know, the tax dollars are still the tax dollars. So, I mean, well, and let's but see if I they think, get appropriated, but <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and, and kind of to your previous point about accountability too, it's like, listen, we can't, you can't take the money and run. You know, I think in, yeah. in, in, re, in regards to the state, say, hey, we still got some work to kind of flesh out with this, too. Like, let's really make this program a suitable program for more people to a work in and for business to grow here because we we can't. This isn't because of nothing. You know, this yeah. isn't, you know, the growth of this industry isn't just because of high pricing right now either, too. It's, you know, people are involved in this in this part of the state. And, think, and keep in mind, too, we're surrounded by three states that have no cannabis, you know, act in process. You know, Wisconsin's illegal. Indiana's illegal. Kentucky's yeah. illegal. So it's like, you know, a lot of people are really kind of taking a risk, too, by coming here to buy their cannabis and going across state lines again, too. And, and this is for comedy. 
this is why we need to get fucking going. Let's go, <laughs> you know, let's get this thing going. So. Yeah. And, you know, and, and even to, you know, uh, you know, I know Mike Malcolm's talked about it too, of like, you know, interstate relationships of, you know, how those kind of uh, kind of speak mm-hmm. to each other possibilities. I mean, I've heard great things about the Michigan market and, you know, can't yeah. even touch it at that point too. So it's, it's, it's interesting to, to see that there's so much that's, that's out there and this act can be a very broad, you know, uh, industry, but simultaneously, you know, you, we can't treat these workers like, you know, no offense to anybody who works at McDonald's, but like, you know, like they're burger flippers, you know, because yeah. it's not, you know, these people want to sow seeds in this industry and they put a lot of work in, they deserve to, you know, come to a job that they, most of these people really like their jobs too. That's the other thing too. It's like, it wasn't until they're kind of driven into these 10 and 12 hour days where they're just like, wow, this kind of sucks working here. And you know, yeah. what am I working here for? And, you know, everybody's kind of got a different reason to get into it too, but you know, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that all represent all employees are represented, you know, and you know, under a union contract. Yeah. Can I ask, um, you know, which, which places have kind of gotten under contract with UFCW? Uh, yeah, we have a contract right now. Uh, we have two contracts in the state of Illinois. Um, one at the Cresco Joliet uh, Cultivation Center. And then the other one is the Sunnyside and Lakeview, uh, that, that dispensary on the north side. Um, so w- those are the two contracts that uh, the Sunnyside and Lakeview is just, they're waiting to ratify their um, contract. So those employees are voting on it right now, or this okay. week, I want to say. Um, so it's, it took some time, you know, when that campaign started for Sunnyside Lakeview, it, it was about March of last year. So it's, you know, it's a process, you know, but at the same time, you know, when you enter a negotiation with a company, uh, regardless of who it is, um, speed is not the goal, you know, on anybody's, yeah, yeah. Uh, on anybody's account. So it's, uh, you know, you want to do it sure right. You, you want to do it right. Um, but simultaneously, you know, as a, as a union, we want to make sure that we're representing like everybody correctly, but also, you know, have um, goals in mind too, that we want to have their growth in a contract, but not, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we don't think it would be worthwhile to say, but well, we want, you know, $65 an hour and, you know, take it or leave it. That's not how it goes. You know, yeah. well, we want to see some growth here and whether that be in wages, um, healthcare benefits, um, PTO, you know, and any number of ways it can be, it can be held. And then, and those, and those groups of workers all vote on it too. So each location is different. So there's not, and that's why it takes a little bit of time now too, is we're not seeing one contract compared to another, you know, when, um, when I was in those contract negotiations for Sunnyside Lakeview, you know, it was really important to me to say, we can't mirror anything for the Joliet cultivation center because they're two totally different facilities so you know you got to take that time to really kind of distinguish the differences too even for their own company absolutely well i feel like this is a good opportunity to take chillinois first ever bathroom break i came out of a meeting and uh came right (laughs) into this call so i'm going to take a quick break and we're going to jump right into this conversation again no sweat all right we're back from our first smoke break i feel about 20 pounds lighter and i'm about to feel thirty thousand feet higher we're gonna hit our cruising altitude what do you say nick go for You're it in a cubicle friend. you gonna spark up a joint right in the cubicle i am not you know what i'm gonna pass on uh on my usage in the cubicle today okay no worries well let's get not right that, back to not it. that it, not that it exists any other day but you know <laughs> well so let's get back right to it because one of the things you had said actually was one of the things i'd put a pin in so um, you mentioned a cultivation center where that joined your guys' efforts? Uh, Joliet, Illinois. Joliet. Okay. Um, one of the conversations we had with, first of all, congratulations. 
Thank you. I know that some of those things are still in the works. You're saying that you're ratifying with the dispensary in Lakeview, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So congrats right off the bat. But um, we were talking to Daniel Corral, who was working to unionize with a different company. You were just talking about Sunnyside, aka Cresco. Um, And one of the things that they had been told at the time uh, the cultivation center. So the, dis- the the dispensary workers were still in the effort, you know, still, you know, organizing efforts or whatever. Um, but apparently, and maybe I'm coming away with this incorrectly, but apparently they had told the cultivation center employees that like, hey, you're agriculture employees, so you don't have the right to unionize. Um, yeah, it's a uh, comment that, on that or like, what's the deal with that? It's a uh, it's accurate, unfortunately. It's a uh... I, I unfortunately I, I you can't quote me on the year, but the, that law comes from the 30s or the 40s that agricultural workers can't unionize. What's interesting about that is that there are some other companies that that have offered labor peace agreements. For, so for us to talk to the employees of that company at cultivation yeah. centers, and did include them. Now, what's interesting about that is you know this is and this is kind of going on to the uh, continuing the conversation of um, you know as new contracts come up, there can be comparisons that do come up too. So what, you know, hopefully you kind of see is that there is a a company that allows their cultivation staff to be a part of it right now. Um, And so they can unionize uh, because they aren't, you know, I I understand the thought, you know, do I agree with the, with uh, the the decision? I don't obviously, but, you know, simultaneously, we, we need to see some changes, you know, within the industry to kind of push that a little bit too. So yeah. it seems um, it's, you know, it's kind of a to be continued. Yeah. Right now. Well, all I have to say is that a company that makes a statement like that shows their true colors. I'm not asking for a comment from you, you know, by any means, but when you go back to the rule books and you're like, well, you can't do this because this law from 1930, like, well, I'm going to come away with the thoughts that I'll come away with from that statement. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and Unfortunately, it kind of falls into just the the typical tactics that happen, you know, to there are anti-union, you know, yep. I, so the, you know, just so some of the listeners kind of have a sense too of how it works too is you need a specific amount of your workforce to basic, basically sign an authorization card that says represent me. I want to, I want to talk about being represented by your union. Um, so we need a specific amount of those workers to actually sign off before we can petition the labor board. Uh, so with that said, too, you know, I've, I've actually dealt with it firsthand where uh, a company, after having submitted the right, the right amount to petition, came back and argued that that was not the right amount of workers that worked there. So when uh, we were dealing with the, the organizing campaign, uh, they had said that this group of workers who hadn't worked there prior to our petition um, had worked there. So that workforce grew from 18 to 41 people. So when that when your workforce doubles like that, which is something this local has never seen, uh, it's uh, it's a tactic, you know, uh, to kind of alter the process. And, it, you know, Cole, you know what I had to do? I had to get in my car and just start driving around and asking my coworkers to sign a card because that's that's the only way that we're going to get the vote to actually happen. So it's, um, you know, there's a number of ways that can be altered, but it's, uh, you know, or that you know, some companies really try to use utilize anti-union tactics, but it's, uh, yeah. It's never, never, uh, never stagnant. I will say that. If you see the look on my face, listeners can't see the look on my face right now, but the look on my face is those motherfuckers because <laughs> I, I just, it just connected why all of a sudden there was a real push to, um, fuck, I'm looking for the words, but basically make the badging process quicker. 
Let's get some yeah. bodies in. Let's get some bodies yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Yeah. Hire more people. That's fine. And, and, and that's tough too, especially for a new employee, you know, and right. keep and keep in mind too, you know, so, uh, you know, so when I was part of my campaign, uh, you know, I was campaigning to people because they had split our workforce into two teams. So you couldn't, I didn't even meet half of these people that I was actually campaigning to, to try and tell them what we've been dealing with the six months prior to them getting on, you know, it's, yeah. so it's, you know, so that's another tactic too, is just bringing more people, but simultaneously it's funny when, you know, your badge comes up and it takes a little longer from the States. Why does this take so long? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, that, and that's a tough thing for people. Cause like, you know, that's, I, I don't know how I can bring it in and make it relate to what we're talking about right now, but I feel like it's worth saying that being a bud tender or trying to be a bud tender, it's a leap, you know, cause it's not like, and I'm not trying to use McDonald's as a crass example either, but you know, you, you reach out to McDonald's, usually they're looking for help. You could get in next week. The, the, the dispensary is not that way. And maybe things have changed with this, you know, they've, made the badging process cheap or uh, quicker, but like when it first started, you know, it wasn't, it's not for everybody. You know, think about somebody that needs a job. Like you need a job when you're looking for a job, you need a job yesterday, right? You don't have three months to wait for a badging process. And then you don't have time to wait to go through a fucking background check and align your own align and pay for your own fingerprint. Right. Is that still a thing? It is so, still a thing. The and the other. Um, sorry, I don't mean to. to no, to no, I was side, derail your thought. The uh, and my other frustration too, and this was in a conversation I had um, uh, with uh, an an older, an older person uh, who was a part of a, a union in a different uh, industry. But I was trying to explain. I was explaining, you know, what your badge means, and actually, it's, it's owned by the company which you work for, and they tell you where you can and can't work. And it was in that conversation it goes well. That's that's wrong. It's like, so if I was a, because you actually, the, you get your license through the IDFPR, which right. actually is the same place you get, um, you know, massage therapists get their license and um, beauticians get their license and so on and so forth. Well, you know, if they can get a license and go work wherever they want, how come I, in cannabis, I can't do the same thing. That doesn't invoke the growth of the industry. It just grows the invoke one place wow, saying here, yeah. you, you, you can only work here. As opposed to, well, I have a license that I paid for from the state, but now my company owns it and I can't work anywhere else. What if I'm only part time? I have a license, though, from the state. Why can't I go work somewhere else? Well, and akin to uh, beauticians and massage therapists and, you know, the folks that would fall under those licenses by IDFPR, they go through. And I know this just because just Justine was you know, had a license to cut hair in the past. That's why my hair looks so great. I'm just joking. Um, so uh, that's how I save money, folks. I got a co-host that can cut my hair. Um, so uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of strict things. I mean, you can't fucking cut somebody's hair without a license. I mean, just like you can't sell weed without a license. But let's make it like a little bit. You got to go through training. You got to have this and that. Like, whereas let's take it back to where we started in this. Kind of one of the topics we started on. No training. None none yeah and it's and, and that's the other thing too it's like i can i can sit here all day and you know read about biotrack and you know and try and understand that a little better and that's even tweaked you know for each location too you know yeah. that's that's the state system that you know does all the tracking and of of yeah. uh, purchases and such um but yeah i mean it's it's vast you know what you know what 
they'll tell you in there. And especially because, you know, like to your point too, when you get that job, you needed that job a while ago. So you're just trying to take in everything that you can when you're new in that workplace. So well, you're, almost, you're almost, so like you're told you're you have to work here. And then when you get there, you're told these are the rules. Right. And then you, you know, you, want to go to a different job but nobody nobody stays at one job hopefully or whatever i'm not saying hopefully whatever you know people generally speaking are you know looking to take steps you know go up the steps or whatever and so you're always thinking about the next step right and if you're being put into posi a position where you can only work here and by the way these are our rules so it's like you're like limiting their room to grow yeah and that's and that's the other thing we tried to uh, invoke in some of the contracts too is to create a little bit of uh, kind of like a less stagnant kind of scenario to say, okay, well, say if you were in cultivation, you know, now there's a little bit more description of what every job does. So now you have yeah. a little bit of understanding of, well, this is a job that I do now. So I get paid for. Um, I'm really interested in packaging, you know, or I'm really interested in understanding working somewhere in, within the kitchen, you know? And so then you kind of will have a little bit more of a compass to say, oh, I want to go here, there within my company still and still with under this contract because I understand it, you know, so that there is a little bit of transparency that's involved in, in, in the whole facility. Um, same thing with, with dispensary workers, though, too, in the sense that, you know, if you're just, you know, and everybody kind of has a different, whether it's a patient care specialist, wellness advisor, yep. you know, bud tender, whatever you want to call it, you know, there, there should be room for growth there. And it's not just... Um, you know, it's not just, hey, come in for your 10-hour shift now because that's what everybody's doing due to COVID uh, or 12 in some scenarios. Um, you know, sell the weed and count the money and go home and I'll see you tomorrow. It's like, yeah, not only okay. room for growth, it, there's two things to this. I feel like I'm just, I'm, this is a mind fuck. I'm going to have to like listen back to this podcast and get my thoughts aligned. Um, not only room to grow, but the ability to grow. Okay, so hear me out. If you start off at Sports Clips, do you know what Sports Clips is? It's like yeah. this like a uh, little hair shop with just for people that are listening, hair shop where you guys can watch sports. And I'm not saying you go there for the best haircut, but you go there for a good time, right? I think you can have a beer there or whatever. But anyways, that's just comedy for the folks. So uh, I'm a wannabe comedian. Um, so uh, <laughs> you go, you get your haircut. Let's say though, Nick, you're let's say you're working at that Sports Clips and you're fucking great. And you give me the best haircut and you give everybody the best haircut. And all of a sudden you're on the map for giving great haircuts. And you're like, why the fuck am I working at sports clips? You know, yeah. like I can, I could do my own thing. I could go to this big company that keeps calling me. I could go here. You don't have that option in the cannabis industry. Like, like, I mean, you do, but it's not in the sense, like, like I'm saying, like I was about to ask you what other industry functions like this, where you're, Okay, you're permitted to work, but you're only permitted to work here. And by the and again, like I say, by the way, when you get here, I'm doing air quotes. Um, here's our SOP. We're not even going to really tell you, tell you or train you on any rules, regulations, or even about the product you're going to be dispensing. Well, and and that's where you know I really saw the out as a union contract. You know, not to yeah. feel like you're kind of pushing that, but it's you know that's to me, you know, based on my work experience. And, yep. you know, what I was experiencing there, I was like, listen, I have no voice when it comes to when I try and go talk to management. You know, Cole, I sat down with some heavy hitters at that company and just, just to ask very, you know, very poignant questions like, listen, I want to understand this. You know, I'm here. I'm not I'm not against you, uh, but I want to understand how this works. And, you know, and when it's kind of responding with don't worry about it, 
well, then you're not going to work with me. That's what's so weird about this is that like, you're trying to work with them to better their brand. You're on the front lines and you're like, I didn't mean to cut off your thought, but like, that's what's weird about this whole thing is that the, the companies pitch it as a, Oh, these, these employees are just trying to get an extra dime out of us. You know, these employees are just trying to see what they can get. And really, again, I want to return back to the line that I was saying earlier. It's about holding each other accountable. Okay. So I've got expectations out of you. What's your expectations out of me? You know, you expect me to show up to work. I'll show up to work. Right. Show up to work. Yeah. And I'll I'll put a smile on my face. I'll wear whatever kind of hat or Halloween costume you want me to. It doesn't matter. But simultaneously, just, you know, can we both agree when we should leave? How much time should be between when we call home? I felt like I cut you off though. You were kind of saying, you know, you were sitting, you were sitting down, you were trying to say like, Hey, so I'm coming to the table, trying to better this relationship. And their response was, don't worry about it. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was no. Listening. Yeah. And it's, and, 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 you know, and simultaneously, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's not about bashing anybody. I think that's, what's really important that I want to put out there too. It's the, yeah. this Cole and all, I can, I can tell you some stories and make your jaw drop. You know, it's, sure. it's just one, it's one of those things where you're just like, really, that's what happened. It's like, yeah, that's what happened. And you know, it, it, it seems like such a drastic move to like, to, to try and organize, but it's not, you know, it's, it's about really kind of having one message you're trying to convey and say, Hey, we're trying to do this all together. We want everyone to make their own decision as well. You know, I think that's the other thing we're kind of seeing a lot of anti-union rhetoric of, let me, let me tell you how they're wrong and, and give us a chance. We're going to make it right. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, in reality, if this was no, not if this was any sort of other business deal or any sort of other deal said, okay, that's great. Tell me how you're going to make it right. And nobody's willing to respond to that to employees. They're about to tell them, listen, like you guys, they had it all wrong before. We're the new company coming in. We bought you guys, whatever. And we're going to make it right. And like, but give us that chance. And, and, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of employees that feel like they do deserve that chance. It's like, you know, these companies are buying smaller companies and dispensary licenses for millions of dollars. And, you know, they don't, they already took away your hazard pay. You think they're going to give you another opportunity to grow here? No, they're just worried about the next person that's going to come in. Because, yeah. you know, being at will, they can just cut you whenever they want. Yeah. And, and it's not only a thing of um, the industry. It's also the thing of the state. Illinois is an at will state, right? Yeah. So so that's another, you know, added reason to, to organize, you know, so that you have you have protections. And so that if it comes to you being let go, it, it shouldn't be a surprise you've voided your agreement. Right. You know, so, um, right. Or if you're bringing a suit against them, it shouldn't be a surprise because we had an agreement. You yeah. Know, and, and it's funny. Uh, other, uh, some of the other kind of uh, rhetoric we see a lot too. And I experienced myself too, as, Hey guys, you know, if a union comes in here, we can't have these family conversations that we have. <laughs> well, then I'm being treated like the little brother all day because uh, you know, I, I get told to eat my lunch when I get told to in this, you know, uh, you know, standing area and, uh, and, uh, they come back to work when I'm told to. So it's, uh, you know, there's no, uh, mutual respect. I think sometimes is what's lacking a bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's play, let's play that game. Uh, devil's advocate. Um, yeah. all right. So if you unionize, the prices are already so fucking high, they're going to go higher, right? 
Very common, very common uh, issue. It was like, great. So if you guys go union, you know, now it's going to cost me, you know, $95 as opposed to $80 for an eighth. Well, here's, uh, here's what doesn't change. You know, the, uh, the union contract, although, you know, there are uh, dues that are involved that are paid by employees, um, you know, a union contract might require an employer to pay its employees a little bit more. So, you know, yet they have to go find another couple percentage points to offer their employees. Um, you know, what, uh, the, the pricing is still dictated by a company, you know, yep. at the end, at the end of the day too, I think the other staggering number two, that a lot of people don't understand is, you know, what their work or what is yielded from their work, especially cultivation workers. It's like, Thank you. do you, do you realize what, you know, your work equates to and what it's being sold for? Yeah. Because, you know, if you're like anybody else, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, you know, uh, having, uh, having an apple tree, you know, it's like, you know, because we can only sell the pretty apples and there's only so many, and this is, uh, this is how much time it took and this is how many I have. Well, you know, there's a, there's kind of a market that says how much apples go for, right. Roughly, as opposed to no, you know, some strains based on THC percentages too, which, you know, was never shared with us how it was, how that's come up with. And, yeah. Uh, I've, I've also heard the argument made of, you know, a few points can be argued, you know, each way, plus or minus a couple of percentage points of, of uh, testing. Um, it's actually, it's actually 15%, which is just, I, I had to, you know, cause you say a couple, <coughs> 15% is pretty crazy because if you think about it, it's a lot of, I mean, you know, people still say good products at 15%. Like some people are the people that are like, Oh man, I want a 35%. I want a 32. I want a 30, you know, 20, you, you know, people that shoot for high numbers. But at the end of the day, people that are seasoned smokers know there's good stuff all over the spectrum. Um, but when you take into account that there's, there are a lot of variancy and uh, it's 15%. So <laughs> technically speaking, your 15% bud could be 2% because they're allotted that variancy and, and how testing works. Anyways, I didn't mean to cut off your. No, no, that's... no. I, I, and I'm right there with you because it's like, there's all these kind of loose ends out there that we're not understanding as, as an industry, because we're not yep. shared with them. You know, we're not privy to that information, unfortunately. Um, so it's, it's one of those types of things where now don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it's not as though, um, you know, we can go in there and say, this is how your company is going to work. And this is what you're going to tell everybody. It's not yeah. that. It's, um, you know, it, at the end of the day, you know, when, um, for, I can at least speak to the, the cultivation, you know, contract that came up, you know, what those employees wanted to see was an increase in their wages um, and increase in safety measures and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. So that's, that's what their, you know, thought was, you know, as opposed to the dispensary was, you know, their scheduling was all, they weren't getting their schedules maybe until a day or two before it comes out. And it's like, well, that's, there's no work-life balance there. You know, you have right. no ability to plan your life. And if you had a doctor's appointment and it lands on the same day as you're, you're scheduled, well, I hope you take the scheduled day because, you know, they're, they're not going to give you another, another shift because they made the schedule. Yep. So it's, you know, that's what every, everything's a little different too. But, you know, and, and I, I feel like I came away from your, your question of, you know, that's going to affect the pricing. The, the company still has every, you know, every say in what pricing is. Or is. Yeah. Um, and a lot goes into that, you know, I mean, from previous episodes too, we, you know, I, I think it was when you're we talking with Brian, uh, where he kind of, you guys talked about Brad. craft growers with Brad, excuse me. Yep. Um, where you guys talked about craft growers or was that, was that with Mike? Um, it may have the, actually been with Mike. Mike. It may have been with Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't think we talked craft with Brad, but yeah. Anyways, 
um, the uh, where it was just like, you know, that what it takes to square footage wise, you know, to be profitable for a craft yeah. grower, you know, is, yep. that's, that's difficult, you know, but those are real numbers though, too, but simultaneously, you know, these cultivation centers aren't getting smaller by some of these, uh, by some of these larger companies too. And it, no, you not know, at all. I mean, they're, not and they're, they're employing 200 to 250 people a piece. So it's like, and, in very rural areas in some of them too. And sometimes that is like the primary job, you know, in the, in the town. So it's, you know, you want to make sure that, they understand that too. It's very, they're very different demographic of people that work there that versus work in dispensaries too. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to see the difference in the conversation that happens between both different, uh, different groups. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, pricing is still set by those companies that do that, that make those sales too. And another key thing folks is to, you brought up, I think a solid point towards it is if the grower is paid the wage that they've agreed upon, you know, you go through a negotiation and you agree that this is what you should be paid. That's that's a livable wage type of thing. Um, this values my work, the benefits that come with it, everything else. You're going to get a better product. Somebody that wants to come to fucking work and put, you know, wants to show up and all these things, as opposed to now where people feel like they're getting the rough end of the stick, you know, like it, it affects the quality of work. It yeah, does. you're seeing. We're seeing. A, you're going to see a lot less turnover under a union contract too. Uh, yep. More consistency in people's work, and they take ownership of their work. And I would like to say, you know, uh, hopefully we can f- maybe find the statistic that mold goes down with a union contract because I don't know. I've been fo- following some of those Reddit streams of uh, the Illinois cannabis, and it's scary seeing all that white mold out there right now. Yeah. Shout out to our friends on IL Trees. Yeah, I, I always try to share those when I can. And folks, always feel free to send me things. I had somebody send me uh, pictures of the bug infestation that was just wild at Verano. Uh, and, you know, it was funny. We posted it. And then shortly thereafter, after Verano removed it from their Instagram page. So that was cool. I guess, I guess somebody knows that we exist. Um, but uh, yeah, so, okay. So we t- took on... Um, you know, that, that prices are set by the company, first of all. And I think a really good counterpoint to the, like, to the concern that prices might rise. It's like, first of all, the, the prices are set by the company, but second of all, the quality of product has a very high potential of increasing if the person that's working wants to come to work and, what I would even I would go so far to say is maybe the sixty dollar eighth that you're paying for is now worth sixty dollars <laughs> because right now Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ like I I don't go to the dispensary I grow it all on my own you know and like f- screw it I can do it better than myself or better myself and that's crazy that like because like I don't you know I, I know other people that's catching on and stuff but like when I want to get beer I just go and get some shitty beer that some big company makes you know because i don't want to deal with the pro i don't want to deal with the problem but with like weed i am just like no you know what no keep it away from me i'm gonna do it myself (laughs) if you guys you guys are gonna do that to me but anyways um uh, i i I thought there would be some great parallels actually between you know from the the explosion of the craft beer boom of you know the early uh 2010s and and for there to be craft cannabis you know that that to me, that was just, that would have been like the promised land, you know, that could you imagine some sort of, um, you know, consumption lounge that was, 
you know, uh, low quantity and more like kind of like more of like a social inv- involvement too. Obviously, when we get out of this COVID, when we got the COVID scenario, but um, you know, it's like that. There's such a market too that's like not even going to be exposed to anything because all the licenses are you know held by this one group, these you know four groups of brands essentially. Um, so you know, so that was the other thing, the kind of writing you kind of see on the wall too, saying oh, this is going to get further and further away from being the industry, which is the employees, because they create it. I actually, you know, have bar, you know, I can tell you like bud tenders that have fans, you know, that, or that, you know, ha- keep people coming back to these dispensaries when they know the products, you know, it could be better, you know, somewhere else, maybe because they are aware, but you know, that, that whole part of the industry won't grow here, you know, or won't even be an option here because, you know, we're still, you know, we're all going to go to the, the Cresco consumption lounge and so we're all going to be smoking high supply sativa and Lord knows what it really is at a certain point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I, you know, speaking of which I'm not a, well, no, I'll go there. Um, you know, uh, I just got like a high supply product cause they gave it to me for free. I was like, sure. You're going to give it to me for free. I'll try it. I brought it fucking home. It's a cartridge. It's fucking leaking all over the place. And, I, well, we don't have a video, so it doesn't even make sense to show you. But this cartridge, like, I turn it upside down. And, like, look, I'm not going to act like I'm a fucking pro and that I'd make extract or anything. But I turn this thing upside down. It's like hot dog water. The fucking bubble just goes up to the top. My understanding of distillate, distillation and extracts and everything else is that it doesn't move like that. It's not, like, it's very viscous. Let's just say that. So I don't know what the fuck is in that high supply cartridge, but I ain't, it's leaking all over the place. I ain't going to fucking touch it. So good luck. Yeah. And it's, it was funny, you know, the, the conversation before too was uh, I can remember right at the tail end of 2019, everybody freaking out about cartridges, you know, that the, the vapes are killing everybody, that there's something in the vapes, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, well then in the water. there's something, you know? So, <laughs> you know, unfortunately it seems like, you know, the only, you know, information that was even, uh, you know, given in that scenario was, no, we don't use this or we don't use, um, you know, vitamin D or whatever it was, you know, that's, that's so our cartridges are fine. They've been tested. Yeah. And that's the, that's the end of the conversation. It's like, okay, well, there's, there's more to it than that. Right. Yeah. Well, my whole problem with that conversation was, was that it was centered around. Okay. So like you said, okay, so these vapes are unhealthy because, vitamin e acetate or whatever it was what was it vitamin i think e? it was i think you're right i think it was e e, e. um so these cartridges are unhealthy so the whole premise is, is these cartridges are unhealthy but these cartridges are healthy hold on i like cartridges but inhaling anything other than oxygen and even oxygen is not healthy like because and i say even oxygen because it depends on where you are you step outside in los angeles pre-pandemic and the smog and all that fucking shit in the air or with the wildfires, that's not healthy to breathe in, right? Neither is who's is anybody out there really saying that it's healthy? Like, get the fuck out of here. Okay, in <laughs> contrast to other things, yes. In contrast to smoking a joint, healthier, but healthy, get the fuck out of here. So yeah, <laughs> but anyways, the, I know maybe the, that's not where you were going, but no, no, but uh, but I see what you're saying. It's like in the grand scheme, this industry is a little like. You're almost yeah. like, like, hey, uh, we're not talking about the whole thing here. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, but, you know, it's, but that's kind of what we're dealing with, too, is like, we're not giving the whole story here. So, yeah. you know, the, but simultaneously, how are we going to ask for it? You know, as a person who asked for it individually, I didn't get it. 
So, yeah. you know, so I have to, you know, kind of look to my coworker and say, Hey, we need to do this. And that's what happened. So, um, you know, I'm, I was very proud of that work, um, especially with that group. It was, we went and, you know, a lot, some of those folks had to quit and move on, you know, they, because it, it is a process to get through and that's, it is difficult, but you know, at the end, at the other side of it, when you know that you fought for this and you, you know, you deserve it and you want to take ownership of having a career and not a job, then, you know, that says a lot, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So again, in the spirit, are you good on time, by the way? I want to, yeah, just... go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, in the spirit again of being devil's advocate, because I think it's important to do these things. And I feel like I've already kind of, we've kind of gone over this one. So maybe it'll be a shorter conversation on this topic. If not though, we could, you know, not trying to, I'm good on time as well. So I'm trying to stem conversation. Um, but, uh, and thank you by the time, by the way, for setting aside your time. Cause I know you're busy and people appreciate this long form conversation. So, oh no, I, like I said, Cole, I'm a fan. So I've, uh, yeah, I, I've listened to them all on the, on the car rides home. And, you know, it, this is, Thank uh, you. Uh, again, I, I believe that this is very much like an industry that is built around community and a lot of people that have to have these conversations. And this is how we're going to have those conversations. You know, it's not everybody's going to go look for a union website or, you know, or even just, you know, strain information. They're going to well, try and get it from somebody else. So. And just in general, I'm not trying to make up, I'm really not trying to make a political conversation, but just the way that TV is structured, the whole 30 minute time slot, hour time slot, it's not conducive to good conversation. Again, yeah. not trying to be political. It's just the <laughs> fucking fact. Long conversations are better. You, everybody knows it. When you sit down and talk to somebody and it's, you just talk, that's what's great about podcasting. So um, again, uh, just to be back to being devil's advocate. Um, and, it, and I do this, it's tough because uh, I've got bias. I personally am with you, you know, I've had few yeah. folks on here that, but it's good. I, I like, you know, we've got a lot of people that listen to the podcast. So I want to try to um, have a good, good conversation that include, you know, back and forth. So um, other thing, and I feel like I, like I said, or we've already kind of given you this one, but let's go over it again. Okay, so you unionize. I, this is my devil's advocate voice. Yeah, I love notice. it. Yeah. If you unionize, your quality of work and workers, I'm trying to like figure out how they would say it, are going to go down. Yeah. The uh, Another common point, um, it's, and actually is proven that it's not the case. Uh, typically when people have a union contract that supports them, they typically take more a- uh, advocacy of their work and, you know, carrying their workload and maintaining the job that they, in their job performance. Um, now don't get me wrong. It's, you know, a union contract, you know, protects people, but simultaneously, if you have a bad worker or somebody who shows up late consistently, that, those are in union contracts too. You don't just to get to, you know, screw off under a union contract, you know, there's, you know, because you are setting the bar high, they maintain that they keep the bar pretty high too. So uh, that, that doesn't change. Uh, We haven't seen that really happen amongst, you know, cannabis employees or any other union contract. So, yeah, I mean, kind of goes back to the point where we were just saying, like, if you give somebody a reason to want to come to work, they're going to be good workers. They're going to be great workers. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It, it, it's, and, and you guys are on thing. like the same, you, I don't mean to cut you off. You're on the same uh, page. You've got a page that you can, <laughs> Hey, this is a contract, right? Yeah. We're the page too. Yeah. And yeah. it's, and, and because everybody's kind of coming from all over right now, that's, what's really interesting about this. And in my opinion, it's kind of the beauty about it too. It's, you know, when you've got people coming from uh, the service industry or the hospitality industry, um, 
or even this, you know, the, the political sector in some instances too, you know, you're seeing all these people kind of intermingle too, but they all kind of meet here though too. And they can find their way in it too, because this industry is so vast in my opinion um, that, you know, even just outside of just the retail or the cultivation portion of it too, um, it's important to kind of, you know, maintain a bit of a community and a little bit of growth and, you know, under a contract, we can kind of keep those people together so they can kind of blossom too. And it's, um, you know, uh, I don't know. It's, you get to the point too, where you want to feel like you can rely on the group that's around you and, and not, the organizing process definitely kind of bring, brings a bit of camaraderie to that workplace too. And, and it strikes up some really interesting conversations for even, you know, I had to have some very interesting conversations with folks that didn't want to unionize and you hear them out at the same time and they're allowed to have their opinion too. But, you know, we see the growth and the, the potential for this to kind of keep going the trajectory, trajectory that it's on and get further and further away from the employee. So that's what we want to kind of, you know, make sure we're supporting and, you know, giving these people an opportunity to have a career in this industry that's, you know, doesn't seem like it's going to really, really set up for that right now. Absolutely. Well said. Um, so, okay. Let me think here. Um, and even, even some of the points too, they're kind of mind boggling too, that everything is so different right now, but it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, you know, from another episode I was listening to where, uh, and this one I know was in Mike's episode was uh, where Justine explained uh, how um, she couldn't utilize the bank that she was utilizing, you yep. know, to, to take her pay. And it's like, you know, or there's some, uh, some instances where uh, people are told they can't have 401k because it's duty cannabis. And that's inaccurate too. It's, it's kind of based on how your company's um, uh, categorized, but there, there should be an option for that too. And, you know, you have to kind of fight for that too. And, you, you don't want to kind of just be, well, I applied for these three cannabis companies. This is the one that I got. And I got the short end of stick on all, on all points, but I got a job, right. And, Oh, I got a discount too. So I'm going to, you know, get 30% off my cannabis. It's already too expensive. anyways. Yeah. I guess my next, my next thing that I was going to play devil's advocate kind of relates to the certain, to that question. So it might be another easy swing for you, but, um, unions unions make uh the company less competitive but it kind of went along the logic of uh the worker thing so um so again doesn't really hold up when you see um tangible benefits you come to the table with an agreement right 100 it's important so. yeah and it's and at the end of the day you know i think the other thing that kind of um it has to be said that you know i think is kind of already out there, but, you know, kind of to my previous point of, well, we're going to, it's going to change how we do our business. That's not what a contract does either. You know, the union doesn't come in and say, this is how you're going to do your business from now on. You don't change the day to day. You can still go talk to your manager if you have an issue about something, but it's when you kind of get to that next point that says, Hey, I'm following the rules that are in my contract. My manager isn't doing X, Y, and Z. Well, that's when you call your union rep and say, and I have to file a grievance because they're not following the contract that we all agreed upon. So it's, uh, you know, it's like kind of, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's, you know, beware the pop brothers, you know, it's like, you gotta, you gotta know your own rules, right? It's, uh, and know your own script. That's, that's what's important too. So you can, uh, you can kind of see the parallels of like how it protects you as opposed to, you know, as opposed to listening to all the other rhetoric of saying like, this is how it's going to harm you. No, this is how it's going to protect you. Yeah. Um, I guess 
the I think I only have two more for you. Um, it a union unionization takes away people's motivation or their ability to be um, promoted and or terminated. I would disagree. Um, so it in you know there are there is a system you know if somebody has whether it's a straight three strike policy or whatever it is yep. you know yeah I think the other thing that you know, I, I don't think I kind of covered in that scenario too is that when union contracts are developed too they're developed from where the contract or from where those you know SOPs start or where everything is right now it's not as though um, we're going to come in and in a company and say I would never give you what you're going to ask for. You can't do that. You know, you've already given me this. So we're building upon the, the base that is the hourly rate you're working at, the PTO that you have, um, the how you accrue vacation. You know, we're always building upon that, you know. Now, say that, you know, there is a worker that we're having an issue with, right? Um, well, you know, if he doesn't follow the rules that are set by them, then yes, they can get terminated because yeah. they agreed to this set of rules. It's, you know, that it doesn't omit the employee from any wrongdoing in that process. Um, and half the time it generally leads to a bit more of a path of growth within, within a uh, location, because you can right. say, well, I was here this long. I, I went up to three steps that said I was going to graduate here. I, here I am. Now, do you want to take that next position that it, you know, that might be outside of the union contract? So say for example, um, agents in charge, um, uh, some are not included in union contracts. Um, so say you progress to that. Well, there's typically an, a rate that's higher than what you're getting at being taking that responsibility. Then it's up to you as the employee to take that responsibility and take that role. But, you know, it's, uh, but that's the choice that you make too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers your question or not. I yeah, mean, yeah. I think it, uh, yeah, I think it's still, it, it provides a little bit more guidance of like where you can go. Um, sorry, I talk my hands a lot too. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's, but it's, uh, it's, it's the ability to say, okay, I, I am going to grow here, whether, whether that be my wages or whatever it is, um, because we, we don't nego- negotiate for you to make less money over the course of your contract either, too. Right. Um, so I think I, I'm maybe even just because I'm high and I was Googling, I was just going to try to see if I could see any other, because again, I'm just looking uh, just for counter arguments. It's good to bring up counter arguments. So we totally. can take them head on. Right. So, yeah. Um, so we talked about um, prices that are set by the company. We talked about quality of work. Well, Hey, if, <laughs> if I want to come to work and show up, you know, then that's, that's a good thing. Oh, this is the last last thing, and I think it's uh, another easy one, um, like at least for me to put down. I would just want to hear your response. Um, unions discourage individuality. Um, it's kind of the comment that you had already said that you've probably heard in some of these discussions, which is like, we're going to have to function differently. We're not going to be able to have this family conversation anymore and stuff. Um, so what do you say to the folks that, that say that like you're kind of bound to the group? What's, what's your response to that? You don't lose your individuality, right? I, I don't think so. My, my take on it is if you are involved with your campaign and the discussion amongst your coworkers, you can really take the time to, and, and assuming you, you get to that point of negotiating your contract, you can really tailor it to what your location 
needs and wants, right? Because that's what's ideal is that we are working with, you know, potential members and employees of a location to say, what is it that you're looking to acquire with this contract, right? Um, you know, there's, we've had conversations with folks that I get X amount of vacation, X amount of pay to start, Great. At no point did the union want to come in here and say, let's take that all away and now you're going to make this. No, we're like I said, we're building from where you're at. So if you have great pay and great benefits, what a great lily pad to jump off, right? Uh, it, but simultaneously, it's not as though it's going to affect everything underneath. So it's really up to the employees to kind of have those conversations, you know, in a, in a safe environment and in a ways that is uh, that, that they should, you know, off the clock and off company property that they you know, develop these kind of discussions. You know, there's, I mean, I, I don't know where you are in the world, Cole, but, you know, you and I are having this great conversation via Zoom and it seems like a lot of people can do that now. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so it's akin to, you know, if I want something in my life that a politician would, that could affect, I wouldn't be calling him on my company hours, right? My representative on company hours, but I'm trying to make the tangent or the parallel to, um, you know, it doesn't remove your individuality in the sense that you've got union representatives, just like you have uh, House representatives and a Senate representative, you know, local Senate and federal, um, like you've got representation that you can confer with and you can organize with your fellow citizens or fellow workers in this case, um, bring what you have to your representatives, they can voice it for you in those contract negotiations. Right. 100%. So, you know, you, you're not the individuality isn't removed any more than it is in normal day life. Right. Yeah. And again, yeah, at the end of the day, I thought in in the campaign that I've been a part of and, and continue to be a part of for other people is that it really kind of asked people, you know, to to sit down and listen to somebody else. God forbid. Right. You know, yeah. yeah and at the end of the day, yeah, you're going to encounter some people that don't have the same points of view as you. But it, it can still elicit a conversation to be had, you know, amongst two coworkers or employees of a location and, and to say, hey, you know, this is how I feel about it. This is how I feel about it. Um, you know, I think the other thing that we really strive to maintain through all this is that people make an informed decision, you know, about about their career, about their job and uh, about an opportunity that's in front of them, too. Uh, and at the end of the day, not everybody's going to agree. And that's OK. Um, but, you know, if, if we all agree that this is going to be better for ourselves in the long run, this is how we protect ourselves, then that's what we want to see for folks. Um, you know, I, there was plenty of people that I've had conversations with, like, you know, my job is not to, uh, to sway you. You know, my job is to tell you this is how this process works if you see fit for yourself and for your coworkers. Yeah. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I, I kind of laugh a lot when people tell uh, their employees, like, listen, you know, uh, a union organizer might call you and tell you uh, or try and get you to join the membership of their club. But this is not a club. You know, this is, you know, uh, a, a movement of solidarity within an industry that, you know, is very parallel to the Wild West right now. And, you know, employees don't really have much, uh, much of a voice in that conversation either. Yeah. And so back to um, we were just before we started on this topic, um, we were talking about employee problems right three strikes mm -hmm. are out and all that stuff i thought what was important that you said was that with the union you're not like you're representing the contract so like when it comes down 
to the individual, like it is, again, it's not going to be out of left field. If you've not been showing up to work, you know, the three strikes you're out thing. So um, I thought that was important too, because when people say uh, that it, you know, they, the one thing they say is that you're not going to, you're not going to see promotions or uh, whatever. They also say you're not going to see terminations. Well, you, you will, uh, but hopefully you won't because your, your workers are like, you could, I guess I should say you could, but hopefully you won't because you're on the same page. Right. So yeah, I wanted to well, just, yeah. And it, that. Yeah. And it, and it, it kind of puts protections for the worker in place too. You know, we, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's not always um, employee on employee harassment that happens too. You know, it's uh, at the end of the day, if, you know, you're har- if your manager's calling you when you got home from work and say, why did you call HR? You know, that's uh, that's something you can't really deal with just as an at, as an at will employee. But, you know, you you can uh, you know, it, it, I think that was the other thing that, you know, a lot of people are striving for. It's just professionalism in this industry too. to say like, hey, you know, respect my position because, yeah, I, I might be a, a patient care specialist or a wellness advisor or but just a bud tender. But, you know, I take my work seriously. This is. Uh, this is legitimate business and you know, there that's, you know, backed by how many dollars are behind it right now. Right. Yeah. And I think an important point, like it's, I don't know, I keep going back to like, if you're on the same page, it doesn't come out of nowhere type of thing. And so I feel like it only benefits the employee, it, like, okay. It, it benefits the employee and the employer mutually because you can't come out of no you can't just come out of left field. Right. So if Nick, I'm sitting you down and you're gone, it's like, well, what, what, what's been happening? Like what, you know, yeah, that what happened? Yeah. Right. But then also like on the same token, like, you know, the employer can't just come in and sit down and this is what needs to happen. Like, you know, no, we're not in contract negotiate. So again, like um, it's to the benefit of the employee and the employer, that's why you come together in a negotiation, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and it's, and it's hard to convince the employer that most of the time it seems like, because they think yeah. that their rules, you know, that they've already come up with are the best ones. Um, but again, it, you know, what we're seeing is that doesn't necessarily support the employee and say, Hey, yeah. you know, you can't treat us like this. You know, you, you, you gotta kind of follow a certain set of rules. And, you know, when you, when you just have the handbook to go off of what they, what they gave you, it's like, no, they can change that. They can treat you any way they want. Um, you know, it's so, and, and this industry, it's, uh, it, it, there's so much that it can do, I yep. think. And I, th- and I think and what really, you guys you know, are shooting for is accountability on both ends, I guess, just yeah. to kind of put a button on that, you know? Yeah. It's not, it's not a bad thing to, to want to ask for. Yeah. But you can, that's, I say it that way because you can see that's where the hesitation comes from. It's like, oh, I gotta be held accountable. Yeah. Well, but at the same time, you know, I think that, you know, that is a, I'm not saying that like it's right, by the way. I'm no, no, but it's, it's a tribute to the person, right? Yeah. Yep, and yep. At, the end, at the end of the day, um, I think what we're trying to strive for is that, you know, cannabis does not become, become part of gig culture, right? Yeah. It's, you know, Thank it's, you. Yeah. you know, it's not the, uh, don't get me wrong. Like, well, think sometimes... about it, man. You, you've been on the other side of that. You were in, in the trenches with the medical program, I don't mean to cut you off, but this, I, I want to give this to you. The medical program as it started was one of the strictest in the nation. You oh, yeah. were helping sick people. And if you want to treat me like a gig worker while I'm 
helping your grandma get through chemo. And maybe that's an easy hypothetical. So sorry, folks, but whatever, you know, I'm making the point that it was a strict program in Illinois at the start. And so for you to turn around and act like I'm not helping you in a tremendous way, you know, you call me an essential worker. Yeah. Yeah. But an essential worker, you know, barely make, you know, barely making an above minimum wage, you know, at some places they're, uh, you know, I, I keep this on my desk too, of, uh, what minimum wage is going to be for the next five years. Yeah. So we're trying to catch up to $15 in 2025. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, so let's say, you know, hypothetically, you know, the, um, federal government passes national $15 an hour. Great. So we've caught up to minimum wage. Why, you know, why is that something to plot at this point too? You know, that this industry that elicits billions of dollars, um, or a billion dollars last year, you know, that they're still only paying these people, you know, next to minimum wage, just to say, come back tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I there's so much to, I mean, we could talk about this a little sure. in the face, I'm sure, you know, um, yeah. you know, um, it's, uh, uh, I was, I'm super curious to hear, you know, Justine's take on all of it too, you know, having, you know, that much insight too, just like, man, you know, but we, at the end of the day, we want me- the message to get out there to the to employees uh, within this industry to say, you know, if um, we're out here, we we want to yeah. work with you. We want to you know help you get over this hump that is the process of organizing, and um, you know, and, and provide a better future for yourself. Yeah. So remind folks where we can uh, find you online, and uh, so so that if you know people are listening and they work at a dispensary and they want to start, you know. Yeah. the The first place uh, we suggest is. Um, ilcannabisworkersunited.org. Um, there's no www before that. It's just uh, you know the whole HTTPS. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, that's where you'll find a little bit, a lot of information about the union. Um, we also also have an, uh, a digital authorization card that's on there, so you don't have to meet with anybody now anymore. Uh, it used to be have to be a physical, tangible card that you'd have to sign. Uh, but you know that even if that's if you're just want to get information about it sign an authorization card. So one of our organizers can reach out to you and, and start that conversation. So you can understand the process. Um, and, and at the end, of just to be clear, it's like, you know, no, people don't have to worry about contacting you. You're not going to like tell no. the boss or anything. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I, I thank you for that actually too. Yeah. It's no, it's your confidential as hell, obviously, but what, what the, uh, by signing an authorization card too, while you're trying to find out about this process, yeah. it, it protects you from any sort of retaliation in that sense too, to say, Good. Hey, you know, I want, I want to reach out to these people. You know, that's another thing we kind of see too, is that don't sign that authorization card because it's a binding contract. It is not, it is not a binding contract. It's, it's simply saying that uh, it's a basically a, a, almost like a note to the national labor relations board saying, I want these people to represent me and I'm talking to them. So yeah. You know, and, and we can have a discreet conversation with you, whatever you choose by email, phone, whatever. Um, and, uh, but that's a great place to start. And we're um, in our Facebook page to um, the Cannabis Workers United. Um, I might have that wrong, actually. I think we updated that. I'll, uh, I'll send it over to you so we sure. can kind of link it through. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, and um, I'm just at Nick Stankus on Instagram um, or Nicholas Stankus on Facebook too. You can, uh, those are all my personal pages. So if you want to send me a message, feel free just to send those out. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're, uh, we're hoping to provide a, you know, a little bit better future for Illinois too, but, you know, to kind of be a part of this industry that hopefully will keep growing. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
Well said, man. Um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely get you back on the show uh, with just when Justine's available. Um, she's just working at this hour. I I work weird hours, so I'm able to have cool conversations with people when she can't. You know. So. Well, uh, let me. Um, I don't mean to take. Uh, um, I, I if you want some shirts too, I'd love to send you out some shirts too for you guys yeah, too. No, I know. Dude, so. I know it's kind of boring swag. Like it's not smokable or cool but um hey you know, i'll take I appreciate clothes. the support man yeah, <laughs> right i'll take them and i'll i'll wear them so thank you um, yeah no feel free to message me your uh your info will do will yeah. do so um yeah i guess any um any you know parting thoughts or parting words um just as we close the show um you know we've talked about a lot today um yeah you know, it's, um, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, it's, it, it's, we just want people to kind of reach out and kind of, you know, start those conversations, whether it be with their coworkers or with us um, on, on the pro of if it's right for that organization and location. Um, you know, at, there's a lot of different acquisitions that are happening within Illinois right now too. So I, I think we're seeing a lot of people that are a little bit confused to be quite honest of, you know, what's going to happen to their job, you know, or, you know, we're seeing all these kind of, you know, Verano cultivate or who did Verano buy? Um, GTI. Um, I miss it. Shit, I, I, man, I, I, uh, Verano went public. Verano went public. Um, they also uh, settled a suit. I just tweeted this today. Uh, let me, or I put it on Instagram. Let's see what it is. Oh, they that racial discrimination suit. Yeah, racial discrimination claiming subsidiary workers made illegal deliveries to military bases. That's, that's the part that got my attention. Military bases. Yeah. So we're Verano. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But you know, we're kind of seeing all these kind of major acquisitions kind of happening or mergers, you know, by kind of these three or four core core players or two. And what we, you know, want to provide a voice for these people that work there, you know, simultaneously, it's not, and this isn't a bash on the industry or the companies that own it too. It's, it's yep. to simply say like, you know, you're, you're taking accountability and equity for your place in, in this industry and, and to maintain that. Well said, man. Well, um, I appreciate what you do. I appreciate you setting aside time today. Um, I guess just, uh, you know, a few other, I guess, questions. I always, when I close, like, I always like think of the questions where I'm like, man, I hang up and I wish I would have asked them those questions. So yeah. Um, has, I guess this is just a really broad question, but has, how's the fight been? Has it been tough? Has it been well-received? Um, and maybe that's a hard question to ask, but, uh, I, I felt like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask that. Yeah. It, I, I, every, every location is different and, and, sure. and none of, at the end of the day, you know, I think what I take from this job so far having, you know, been on that side of the counter and now on this side of it and trying to work with employees that are back on that side of it is yeah. that um, it is difficult. You know, the whole process is difficult and, you know, generally it's not difficult because of the employees, you know, and again, it's not, it's not a bashing thing, but it's, you know, these companies don't want unions to come in to alter what they do already. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the inevitable, but, you know, at the end of the day, we we want to assist people and get through this process in any way, shape, or form we can. Um, I think that's what I kind of take from it too. And it's, uh, I think it's going to be continually be difficult for us. Um, 
and that's not to say that um, people are making it hard or it's, you know, because of any one group. It's or... a little bit of the nature of the state. I would say it's a lot of bit of the nature of the state, I guess I should say, because like you, you try to, it would be different if there was 500 stores or a thousand stores like there are in other states, but there's 80, 90 stores. Well, and, and keep in mind too, it's 21 you know, cultivation sites, right? So exactly. Yeah. And, and keep in mind too, it's not just a matter of, um, we can't just stand out front and say, you know, and hold out pamphlets and say, Hey, have you, have you heard about this? You know, yeah. you, you get removed a lot, but it's, um, you know, so we kind of have to, you know, kind of start those conversations organically, which is, you know, definitely a big part of the process um, sure. of, of just outreach to, to employees, you know, and obviously the other thing we're experiencing too, is people that, you know, may have reached out to us that we talked to and they don't have a job there in two weeks that we've been talking to them because, you know, they're an at-will employee and regardless of what they may or may not. And if, if, and especially cause it's generally unrelated to organizing, they get fired for some reason. Um, but that's just because of the type of employment that they have. Um, so, you know, it's, we're always trying to work swiftly and, and, um, and, and be efficient in that scenario too. Um, and at the same time is every campaign's different. So it's, I think that's the other portion of it that, you know, that doesn't make it easy that, you know, there's, there's only a handful of us here that are, you know, on the organizing team and we're, um, you know, always trying to talk to folks, you know, in different dispensaries at different cultivation centers too. Um, so it's not, you know, I guess it's don't be weirded out when somebody says, you know, Hey, I'm from the union. Do, do you know about this, you know, at your dispensary? Because we're, you know, you're, we're seeing if anybody, you know, has this thought or, you know, wants to kind of have this conversation too, that doesn't know how. Gotcha. I think I may have lost you there at, at just for a second. I hope that the recording picked it up. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I heard I, that's okay. It's it's okay. I think I heard, you know, kind of the bulk of what you said and it was well said. Um, so, so yeah, I hope I, we'll, we'll see how that comes out in production sure. folks. If you're listening and it came out choppy, I apologize. That's just the nature of how we have to record nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had it my way, I'd be sitting with you, Nick. So, or Nicholas, you go by Nicholas or Nick? Yeah, Nick, Nick's fine. It's one of those things, uh, you know, I was, uh, I worked in bars for a long time. So when you yell Nick in a, in a <laughs> yeah. crowd in a bar, it can come off different ways. So Nicholas usually comes off. <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I, I just want to thank you again, man, for, for setting aside the time. We'll be in touch. I, I'd love to have you on the show again, especially with Justine on. Cause I think that you guys, you know, being industry workers, you'd have perspectives and maybe, you know, other things, I guess that you'd be able to go deeper on. Unfortunately, with, without me having that experience, we can't go there. Right. So, um, but I really hope that, you know, you're talking about um, the, the part about the toughest part about this has been trying to strike up the conversation organically. There's some limitations to how you can do these things. And I hope that this helps. I hope that, that, that coming on here, um, folks, that if you are interested in doing this and, you know, uh, trying to organize and, and kind of protect yourself that you reach out to these people. And like I said, the links in the description, um, I hope this helps, man, because that's, that's what this Cole, is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. Cool. Like I said, th- thank you for letting me be a part of it too. Uh, I think you guys are doing a great job. Uh, so kudos to you and you and Justine. And, uh, you know, this is, this is what this industry is about is about this community and about the growth and the strength of this community. And um, yeah. And I, I think, it, uh, you know, it's, it's through conversations like this that, you know, we're going to get it done, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no. And thank you, by the way, for listening to this podcast, because that, that's so fucking cool. I've never like actually like talked to somebody that like, 
Like you, like you clearly, yeah, you listen, you've listened to our podcast. I've never talked, you know, like we, we get feedback for sure, but I've never like talked, interfaced with somebody that, that yeah. listens. And it's weird to think that people listen to my podcast. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks, man. It's uh, like I said, it's an honor to be on. Uh, it's, uh, you know, this is, this is what it's about. It's about getting the message out and it's about, uh, you know, strengthening the community. So you're doing a great yeah. job. Thanks, man. Thanks so much. Well, um, you're, you'll hear from me uh, again in the future i will reach out and i want to get you back on the show but i always say this if something comes up man exciting you reach out and I will. just like yeah, this because because i mean we're we're folks that are listening you get this is just for the folks that are listening we're booked through april but for folks like you i wanted to get you in so i like fit you in uh you know and got you on um but yeah folks so you got that to look forward to but like anything comes up man i will work you and reach out so. Yeah. And Cole, if it isn't too much to ask, I can send you the link too. We're, we're having a Facebook event on uh, the 24th, which I know it's only two days from when we're recording this. Yeah. Um, but if I could send you that link just to you know, put in a story or something like that. So send send it, it, it to me because this podcast will be out tonight. So I'll get it out there, you know. Okay. So. Yeah. It was just, it's, uh, it's, and it's only for employees uh, looking for information too. Okay. Uh, and it's, we're going to have some uh, cultivation workers and dispensary workers that talk about pre and post contract work. And uh, yeah. We're looking to get the message out there, but thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. All right, man. Be well. Talk to you soon.